One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm coming to you from Finches right outside my door. Fourth of July right outside my door. Also, rain is about to start raining on my metal roof. So, yeah, audio quality. (laughs) So, forgive us in in advance if uh, it sounds like I am under siege, because I am. Aren't we all? It's a metaphor for... (laughs) Good point. So just enjoy the um, auditory metaphor for life right now as we tell you some kind of terrible tale. What is the terrible tale tonight, Sadie Ray? Well, this is the double family annihilator, George Jefferson Hassel. Oh, God, no double. Yeah. Yep. And it's an old timey one, but it's a very interesting old timey one. Great. I want to give a quick shout out to Delaney Bartlett, who goes by the murder nerd, who put together a very nice blog post about the case that I relied on to help me put the story together. Uh, You can find her channel on YouTube as well. This was a listener suggestion. And just as per usual, I didn't write down who suggested it. I don't know what is wrong with me. Thank you. We love you and keep them coming. We appreciate them. So in the first few weeks of December 1927, 38-year-old George Hassel invited the town of Farwell, Texas to his estate sale. He said his wife Susie and eight of her nine children, 21-year-old Alton, 15-year-old Virgil, 13-year-old Maddie, 11-year-old Russell, 7-year-old David, 6-year-old Johnny, 4-year-old Nanny Martha, and 22-year-old Samuel had gone ahead to Blair, Oklahoma to live with family while he stayed behind and sold off their belongings to fund the move. Oh boy, no way. So many children. That's crazy. That is crazy. With, uh, quick side note, the best names forever. So, um, and Nanny Martha, like please. Nanny Martha, get out of here with Nanny Martha. No. That is very overwhelming. Yes. As friends and neighbors arrived at the sale, they were just as curious about what was for sale as they were about how it was possible that the very large family had left so quickly and without saying goodbye to anyone. 
Hassel explained that it had been a last minute decision and there just wasn't time for goodbyes. I thought a lot about, we have a 97 year old grandmother who's still living. Mm -hmm. She was born in 25, I think. And I thought about her a lot uh, when writing the story because of the stories that she told of her childhood and like Mm -hmm. telephones and everybody knew everybody's business Mm -hmm. at all times right time they would like listen in on each other's phone calls yes yeah she was just telling me the other day that she was best friends with the phone operator and the librarian and between the two of them and she worked for the post office so the three of them like knew everybody's business at all time yeah and so i think about that a lot with the story like of course the whole town was coming it was probably like 35 people came to the estate sale and was like where did half of our town go yeah (laughs) right yes yes So George and Susie had moved to Farwell just two years before and were described as night and day. Hassel was a large man in all ways. His body was as large as his personality. He was also known to be a heavy drinker, have a quote, eye for the ladies and a terrible temper. Mm -hmm. Susie, on the other hand, was described as quote, a devout Christian who read her Bible daily. Susie had been married to Hassel's brother, Thomas, and the two had eight children together. When Thomas passed away after a mule kicked him to death, Susie, who was pregnant with their ninth child, contacted Hassel and asked him to come help, quote, bring the crops in. Uh-huh. I think that happened a lot back then. Yes. Yeah, I think I mean, even our own grandmother, like, knew our grandfather's previous, was, like, best friends with our mm-hmm. grandfather's previous wife. Yeah, nursed and- her through her cancer yeah, and then yeah. sort of just married our grandfather to help him with the kids, and bingo, bango, Sadie and I exist. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah 100%. I think that um, definitely it was a brother's duty in some way, you know, like if he was unmarried to to marry his brother's wife. Wild. So Hassel agreed, and four months after Thomas died, Hassel and Susie got married. Wow. Soon after the wedding, Susie gave birth to her youngest child, Samuel, and Hassel moved them all to Texas and rented a farmhouse. So as people gathered for the sale, they couldn't help but notice that it seemed as if all the family's belongings were still there. Clothes for all the children and Susie's Bible, which she treasured, was among the items being sold. When one of the neighbor's wagons went through the backyard during the sale and it got stuck in newly dug dirt, Mm. Hassel was quick to tell everyone that despite the fact that he was getting ready to move out of state, he had just built a new root cellar at his rented farmhouse. Likely story. Mm -hmm. After the sale, Hassel prepared to leave. His landlord rented the farmhouse to new tenants who started to move in. Hassel told them he was almost ready to leave, but needed to clean one more room. They found him with all of his belongings stacked up against the wall, scrubbing the floor of the room. After he was done cleaning, he still didn't leave, and the new tenants ended up letting him stay for a few days. One night after dinner, Hassel said he wasn't feeling well and went to his room. A few minutes later, he called out to the new tenants and asked them to call the doctor and the police. Hmm. They found Hassel laying in his bed in a pool of his own blood. It turned out Hassel had stabbed himself three times in the abdomen and had to be rushed to the hospital for surgery. What? While Hassel was in the hospital, he was said to be in a decent mood, laughing with the hospital staff. When authorities tried to send Susie a telegram to let her know what had happened, they were told that Susie wasn't in the small Oklahoma town. 
This raised the suspicions of police who decided to search the farmhouse. In Hassel's room behind the boxes, stacked against the wall, they found blood splatter. So they decided to search the property and quickly came across the new root cellar. Mm -hmm. When they dug up the newly disturbed land, they found Susie and eight of her nine children buried in a shallow grave. Oh, God. Their bodies having been carefully arranged. (sighs) They were wrapped in blankets, were all in their nightclothes, and under Susie's body, police found an axe. That's rough. Yelp. So just a trigger warning for graphic details. An examination of the family showed that Susie had been severely beaten. Her face and skull had been crushed. Ah. The two oldest boys, Alton and Virgil, had been shot with a shotgun. Uh-huh. Russell, the third oldest boy, had his skull crushed, and all the victims, except for Alton, had stockings tied around their necks. Wow. When police confronted Hassel, he immediately confessed, saying, I did it, I did it. Mm. He would later tell authorities that on the night of December 5th, he'd been drinking, and he and Susie got into a fight. You want to know what they were fighting about? Because it's terrible. Mm. She... Tobacco. (laughs) Trying to think of the old-timiest thing you could fight over. Petticoats. Right. She accused Hassel of sexually abusing his 13-year-old niece or stepdaughter, Maddie. Oh, no. Oh, God. The newspapers at the time called what he did an affair. Oh, God. (laughs) People, come on. And said... Uh, Hassel said in his sworn confession, quote, it was plain enough to see that she was in a family way. All right. Oh, my God. Although Hassel never admitted to raping Maudie, it was clear that she was pregnant at the time of her murder. Mm. During the argument, Hassel left the house and drank a pint of whiskey. And then he went back inside where he and Susie continued to fight. He got so angry that he picked up a ball peen hammer that Susie kept on her bedside table and hit her in the face with it twice. He then strangled her, and when he realized that she was still alive, he tightly wrapped a stocking around her neck and then hit her in the head with an axe. Oh, my God. So Hassel told police, quote, I hit her twice before I could stop myself, and then I shut her wind off with my hand to keep the sound in. And then all blood commenced running everywhere. Oh, man, that is not a good way to say that, dude. No, it's the worst way to say anything ever. That's a very passive way to say it, too. You didn't have anything to do it with it. Mm-hmm. It's just the blood. That's just what blood does. Yes. No, bro, blood stays in bodies. It does not commence running everywhere. No, no. Yeah, it was a lot of that. Like, his whole confession was just like, well, and then I just had to because, <laughs> well, yeah, no, you didn't. No, you fucking nope. didn't. Nope. So once he realized what he had done, he decided he had no other choice but to kill all of the children as well. He started with the baby, not yet two years old, who was sleeping in the same room where his mother was murdered. Hassel strangled Samuel with a stocking. He then went to each of the youngest children moving up in age, doing the same to them. God, why? There's no reason whatsoever. No. No, he could have just left. He's very easily, very easily. What are they going to do? Right. Nothing. Nope. Get on a pony and come find you? Right. No. When he got to 11-year-old Russell, 
the young boy woke up and started to fight for his life. The struggle woke his brother, 15-year-old Virgil, who joined the fight. Hassel said Virgil even managed to grab a brick and hit Hassel with it a number of times. Uh But in the end, Hassel was able to get his shotgun and shoot Virgil. Russell almost managed to escape, but Hassel caught up with the boy and choked him until he was unconscious and then hit him in the head with an axe as well. God, what a horror show. No. He then strangled pregnant Maudie, the one he'd been accused of raping. Over the next few days, Hassel worked at digging the mass grave and cleaning up the crime scene. Unfortunately, his killing spree was not over, and Susie's oldest boy, Alton, had been out of town working when his family was murdered and wouldn't return for a few days. God. uh... Instead of fleeing, Hassel waited five days for him to come home. When Alton finally arrived, Hassel told the young man that his mom and siblings had left for a few days to visit family in Oklahoma. Hassel and Alton slaughtered a chicken for dinner that night and then played cards until Alton went to bed. Oh my God, this guy sucks. Sucks. With a capital he S. is after something no good. Terrible. After Alton went to sleep, Hassel drank whiskey and then put a shotgun to Alton's head and pulled the trigger. What the fuck? Hassel told police the initial killing was in a moment of passion, and then he couldn't stop. The blood later found behind the suitcases was Alton's. Mm. The only child of Susie's to survive was her oldest daughter, Nora, who lived with her husband in another state. She was supposed to visit her family at the time of the murders, but had been delayed and hadn't been able to make it. God, what on earth? My God, being that girl, having to deal with the law. No, 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 absolutely no, not okay. It's, I cannot imagine. So many people. The town of Farwell was horrified by Hassel's confession. He had to be transported from one jail to another in the middle of the night to avoid the angry mobs that were after him. I bet. Right? Can you imagine? No. 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 While Hassel was in jail, he told authorities he wasn't done talking and had more crimes to confess to. He then shocked police by telling them he had killed another family in California. Oh my god. He went on to say that 10 years prior, he had killed his common-law wife and her three children. Wow. He refused to give them any identifying details and just left it at that, saying, quote, It was a good job and no one will ever know. Ugh. dude yeah right what are you doing terrible things texas authorities contacted california law enforcement to see if they had any unsolved quadruple murders but they had nothing that matched luckily hassle's story had made national news and when it broke that he had confessed to killing another family in california a woman in pennsylvania saw the story in the paper including a picture of hassle and thought he looked familiar no way yes It turned out that she visited her sister, Marie Vogel, 10 years earlier in California, where she was living with her new husband and three children on a farm. I didn't even know national news was a thing back then. I mean, of course it is because there were wars and stuff and people knew about it. But still, that's wild. Yes. Yeah. A short time after her visit, Marie stopped responding to her letters. And when she got in touch with George, he told her that Marie and her kids had moved to Australia. Uh Uh-huh. 
She contacted Texas authorities and told them her story. They then got in touch with Whittier police, who were able to find documents that showed that Hassel and Marie Vogel had lived together on a farm in California. When police interviewed neighbors that had lived next door to them, they said that Hassel had told them that Marie and her kids had moved to San Francisco. They also saw Hassel bring a large trunk into his garage and then several other small bundles. He then worked inside the garage for three days, digging up the dirt floor. God. The neighbors saw him, quote, crawl under the house, throwing out dirt and rubbish. In the following days, they could smell the fumes. Oh, this is still the neighbors talking. Uh, So in the following days, they could smell the fumes of burning rags coming from his kitchen. Hmm. And I'm not sure what that is uh, all about, but I assume he was just destroying evidence. A few months passed with Hassel living in the house alone until one day he showed up with a new woman and young child. He told the neighbors that the woman was his housekeeper. He moved out soon after and left the woman to clean up the house and get it ready for the next tenant. Mm-hmm. When police in Texas told Hassel what they had learned back in California, Hassel decided to give them a full confession. Because of God, course he did. I mean, yeah. yeah. He said that Marie had believed in, quote, spiritualism and had visions of treasure buried under the garage. According to Hassel, she made him dig up the dirt floor to look for the treasure, but nothing was found. After he killed Marie and her children, he buried them in the, quote, treasure hole, is what he called it. What the fuck? No. When asked why he did it, he said he just suddenly lost his temper with Marie and hit her over the head with a club. He then choked her to death, first with his hands and then with a rope. And the guy's got an MO. It's disgusting. Yeah, obviously it's just a serial killer that's lazy, just like... Just kills whoever's can, closest. Yes, murders mm-hmm. of convenience. It's yes. like, wants to kill people, and then he just looks over and he's like, oh, there's some people. Right. There's nine of them living in my house. I'll just kill all of them right now. Yeah. So once Marie was dead, he went room to room and killed her three children, ages Oof. eight, three, and one. Babies. Babies. The house had been torn down in the years after Hassel lived there, so he had to draw a map of the property showing authorities where he had buried the four bodies. Following his map, police were able to dig up the remains of Marie and her children. They each had their skulls crushed and a rope was found around each of their necks. Yeah, so senseless. There's no, no reason to kill three little tiny baby children no. none other than you want to. Right. So Hassel was ultimately charged with 13 murders and pleaded guilty to them all and asked for the death sentence. Well, he already stabbed his own self in the stomach three right. times, but like, which is so strange. It is so strange. It all just feels like such a show. Yeah, right? Yeah, he just was it's, tired. So he's like, oh, well, I want to be the center of attention now. Yeah, it's so specific because stomach stabs are the worst as far as I've heard, like the most painful, mm-hmm. but also takes a really long time to die. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Well, and the I fact mean, that he's... Whether or not he had that information, that's just such a weird thing to do. Right. And he stabbed himself and then immediately called out for help. Like, it just doesn't right. seem like a... He really, truly wanted to die. Right? He just, for whatever reason, had, he was tired of... Having some kind of attack. Yeah. Ugh. It's very creepy. It's yes. really creepy, regardless. Yes. While he sat in jail waiting for his sentencing trial, he was said to be very happy-go-lucky and enjoyed being in the limelight. Mm-hmm. Quote, he was portrayed as a morbid celebrity who loved to chat with the children who flocked to his first floor jail cell. 
Like, oh who God. is letting their kids go to this mass murderers? Listen, cell? I think that back in the day when you didn't have a whole lot to do, like was, that was entertainment. Yeah, like, so come creepy. see the freak show. Come see the mass murdering dad guy yeah. in the jail, in the exterior jail <laughs> thing in Texas. Ugh, I hate it. Yeah. He gave many interviews where he shared his life story. Yeah. So Hassel was born on July 5th, 1888 in Smithville, Texas. He and his family moved to Oklahoma when he was a toddler. And when he was just 13 years old, he said his abusive father beat his mother to death. Whoa. Wow. Well, there's your fucking route to your very specific brand of serial killing yes and this is one of those stories again that some articles mentioned others didn't so i'm not exactly Mm -hmm. sure but i believe it i believe that this is probably Mm -hmm. where he came from yeah yeah that really tracks that really yes (laughs) paints a clear picture of what happened in his brain right yep so george ran away from home after that and it's not clear if his father was convicted for his mother's murder but i don't believe so right Uh, and Hassel became a drifter he struggled to hold on to a jobs because he would steal from his employers so he moved from place to place he said his father was then poisoned by his stepmother and died when he was 15 years old well yep after his father was killed Hassel said quote that was my first impulse to commit a crime i went out to the place to kill the whole bunch of them but i got too much whiskey and didn't use any gun wow According to newspapers at the time, Hassel's stepmother died a short time later after accidentally accidentally drinking poison. <laughs> Hassel was never charged with her death. Seems like quite a coincidence. Yeah, I'd, I'll say. I mean, but she did. If she did poison Hassel's dad, then she might have just had some accidental drinking poison. poisoned her own self. Yeah, around. I would imagine you have lots of poison for real. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah whip up a cocktail for somebody else and then set it aside and forget and then wake up. It's like when you fall asleep in your twenties with like vodka sitting on your totally. nightstand and then it's water. You, mm-hmm. Yep. She pulled one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so after this, he quote, fell in with a bad crowd and was arrested for embezzling some money and spent two years in jail. At 18, he married his first wife and they had a baby together. It's said that he never met his son and only ever saw him from a distance. Oh, thank God. Right. Good for that kid. Yes. When Hassel moved to Oklahoma for work, his wife and infant stayed in Texas. Hassel said that he was deeply in love with his first wife, but soon after he moved, she sent him a letter saying that she was done with him and the marriage was over. I won't say that's route number three. Yes. Quote, we promised to write every day when we parted, Hassel said. I wrote, but a week passed before I heard from my wife. Then I received a letter. It stated she was through with me. That ruined my life. Yep. So I just started killing all of my families right? moving forward. Exactly. Yep. yep. Um, and also, I'm sure he was terrible to her. Uh, mm-hmm. There, I couldn't find any details, but you don't just leave your husband with your infant son because he went to work. Right? Like, no. she was like, okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Now's my chance. I'm out. After the divorce, he joined the army, but only nine months later deserted to join the Navy under an assumed name. Oh, I was like, is that a thing? Yeah, I guess if you change your name real know. quick. And then he deserted the Navy and went back to Texas to see his ex-wife, but she refused to see him. So then he went back to California and tried to join the army again. <laughs> like, Dude. What is happening? 
get a trade or something. Or yeah, right. Like if you desert the army one time, you don't desert it two more times after that. Right. And also, what and why the navy over the army anyway? Um, So this time, military authorities figured out who Hassel was, and he was arrested for desertion. Good. He would spend two years in military prison. Once needs to get it together. Yes. Once he was out of prison, he continued to try to reconnect with his ex-wife, but she refused to speak to him. He even married another woman because she had a child that reminded him of the son he had with his first wife. Mm-hmm. He said later that he finally gave up on his true love after he tried to visit, but his son was there and had thrown rocks at him. Hmm. So in 1915, a Sacramento Union newspaper story reported that Hassel, along with Marie Vogel, the first wife he murdered, Mm -hmm. uh, and an unidentified man, were being sought by Chicago police for killing a man during a card game. What? Hassel was identified as the killer, but there was no follow-up to the story and no reports that Hassel ever was arrested or charged in connection with the Chicago murder. Uh Uh-huh. Once Hassel and Marie, who had one child before meeting Hassel, got to Whittier, they decided to adopt two more children. This would be the family that Hassel would decide to annihilate Mm. a short time later. Mm. Mm -hmm. In total, Hassel was married five times, but said he only loved his first wife. Susie was his fifth wife and said he only married her out of obligation to his brother. That is so much stuff. There's so many events. He was 38 years old when he was finally arrested. That is a lot. Yes. (laughs) Really a lot. Yes. And like this idea, and I'm not sure what adopt means really, because he and Marie weren't legally married. There were common Mm -hmm. law. But like you don't take in two children on top Mm -hmm. of the one you already have. And the relationship I'm gathering was not very long. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like he was just, he just wanted to kill. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He wanted to. And I'm sure it was some kill. sort of like farm scenario or something. You know, when they got those two kids in mm-hmm. Whittier, it's probably like, we can't keep them. And they're like, they can help us out mm-hmm. or who, who knows. Right. But yes. Yeah. He was, he was very happy to have them to take their lives. I'm sure. Yep. In the lead up to trial, Hassel was seen by multiple psychiatrists who decided he was a sociopath. No, wow, big (laughs) fucking shot there, buddies. Hassel went to trial on January 26, 1927. Even though he had already pleaded guilty, the jury was to determine if he was sane at the time of his crimes. The prosecution started by reading Hassel's written confession. The defense didn't have much to say and really just tried to get the judge to declare a mistrial because of the pre-trial publicity. (laughs) They're like, oh... Maybe we shouldn't do this. I don't know. (laughs) After just two days of testimony, the jury deliberated for less than an hour before coming back with a recommendation that Hassel be sentenced to death in the electric chair. No big surprise. The judge agreed and originally sentenced Hassel to die just 30 days after being found guilty. Wow. Wow. Yes. When the judge handed down the sentence, Hassel said, quote, thank you, your honor. California declined to try Hassel for the murder of Marie and her children since she was already sentenced to death in Texas. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sorry, he mm-hmm. was already sentenced to dex- death in Texas. Hassel's execution was pushed off by more than a year due to his case going through the appeals process. 
He would later tell reporters that his time in prison was the happiest of his life. <laughs> Quote, he was described as a model prisoner, always cheerful and cracking jokes. He wove doilies as a gift to visitors, fellow inmates, and even the members of the jury who sent him to death row. What is that? What is that like pathology? What is going on with this guy? He's all over the place. He is a real live creeper. Real live creeper. And like, did he just want somebody to like take care of him and keep him in line? You know, like, wow, I mm-hmm. would really love to get it all up in that little weirdo brain. Right? I like agree. He's weird. That yes. is some weird shit. Yeah, I couldn't find a lot about what the psychologist that he met with said, yeah. other than they decided he was a sociopath. But um, yeah, like, what does this all mean? It's yeah. very strange. When one reporter asked him why he committed the murders, Hassel said he didn't know. He then pointed mm-hmm. to his head and said that, quote, something was wrong up here. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I wonder if he, kind of like a Ed Kemper. Yeah. Like, yes. You know, clearly, I mean, he wanted to die. He kind of weirdly tried to kill himself, but mm-hmm. also was like, I'm not going to stop doing this. My compulsion to do this is there, and right. but had that self-awareness. And so, like, once he was in prison, knowing he was going to die, he probably was like, great, I can just have a good old time. Yeah, I can, I can make doilies, doilies. Yeah. make some friends, yeah, chat with kids on the whatever. So yeah. creepy. But yeah, I yeah, thought really the same is. thing. He, yeah. yeah, just Ed Kemper-ish. Yeah. yeah, and I imagine that's probably more common than not. You know, I would imagine that People who become serial killers or just like pathological hurters of mm-hmm. other people, I would imagine that they were so hurt, you know, most often that they became those people and they probably don't want to be doing the things that they're doing. It's just mm-hmm. a pathology that they cannot control. So right. I think if they're being honest or vulnerable, I think that they don't mm-hmm. want to be doing those things, even though they can't help themselves. Right you know yeah and it's a relief when they're finally forced to stop yes yep yeah at one point Hassel was sent to the death chamber only for his execution to be temporarily stayed by the governor so Hassel's appeal could continue to go through the court system when he left the chamber reporters were outside and asked him how he had spent the past 12 hours preparing to die Hassel told them that he slept like a log ate a hearty meal and had spent time reading the new testament He then said that all women needed to read the 11th chapter of Corinthians because it, quote, dealt with bobbed hair and such things. Cool, dude. Great. Wow. Just when we're starting to get a little bit of a crack of an insight into you, you pull Mm -hmm. out Corinthians bobbed hair advice. I got stuck in the newspaper archives on this story and between the weird shit that he came up with and the other fascinating articles surrounding his stories, I was like, I, I could have just, I, it was, it's crazy, you know, like it's really out there a hundred yeah. years ago, sort of what people were talking about and the ads mm-hmm. and, ugh, but mm-hmm. yeah, telling ladies to go read the Bible to know what to do with their bobbed hair. Like, ugh, <laughs> so gross. Parting words. So on February 10th, 1928, at 12.29 a.m., George Hassel was put to death in the electric chair at Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville. He was said to be smiling and calm to the very end, and his final words were that he was prepared to meet his maker. 
It took three jolts of electricity to end his life. When no one collected his remains, he was buried in the prison cemetery. No big surprise. Yep. And I tried to find out what his last meal was and could not find it. I know. Dying to know. Me too. I mean, back then, you probably had like four options. Right. You know? Yeah. Steak. Mm -hmm. Fried chicken. (laughs) Fried chicken. Yeah, I'm going to guess fried chicken. Texas. Maybe steak. Steak. Yeah. Steak and potatoes. And that's the story of George Jefferson Hassel, man. Good lordy, man, oh man. What a dingling. What a terrible, terrible. Ugh. Old time, that old timey act stuff, like Lizzie Borden, I think that's why mm-hmm. she's so scary. That whole story is so scary because it's such a mood, too. Yes. You know, farmhouse axe murder shit is such <laughs> a mood. Yes, ball peen it's, hammers. No. Yes. No, it's so sinister. It's so eerie and evil and awful. And then for him to be just such a fucking wild card of a weird dude. Mm hmm. I don't like that at no. all. Yeah, it reminds me of the other case. The un- I think pretty sure it's still unsolved. The family that was yes. in the barn. Yeah, the the German case mm-hmm. that everybody's covered. Yeah, it's so creepy. It's just captivating. Yes, it grabs your brain and doesn't let it go because you're just like, what were they doing? What happened? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and just yeah, the whole thing to imagine him going room to room and killing seven people in one night, Mm-mm. like Mm-mm. methodically. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yep. So and then to have some of them have awareness of what was happening to their family. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yep. That's not cool. No. Well, there's some nightmare fuel for everyone. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for uh, taking us there. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> Terrible. Well done. Thanks. Well, Sadie's stomach started officially like audibly grumbling. We yeah, are we continue to be under siege by our own bodies now. The, our own bodies have t- taken 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 up arms. I don't know what's there. <laughs> We're also but, my stomach is now taking. I'm under siege by my own self. My stomach. That's what I was trying to say just now, and I didn't actually say it very well. Right, man. Yeah, your own body is taking up arms, its own arms. Yeah. Um, but we got a little name times, and we'll do a couple shouty outies. And then we will let Sadie eat some coleslaw because she made coleslaw. It's I t- guess yeah, turkey the, burgers. <laughs> the dressing is delicious. Yeah, I'm having a Trader Joe's bag salad because they're fucking genius. And try not the dill pickle falafels. I'm real curious about those. And I was just telling Sadie if any of you need an excuse to go to Trader Joe's, which I have to drive to South Bend, Indiana to do, which is 45 minutes away. Yeah. I almost drove by, I've been calling her Amy Pony Boner's house <laughs> <laughs> to give her the bird. Our Supreme Court Justice, Amy Pony Boner, lives in South Bend, Indiana. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yep. Are the yeah. people out there burning it down? I don't know. I did. I decided that I was not going to waste the energy on driving by Amy Pony Boner's house, but I, I'm kind of curious. Um, but anyway, that's the the real point of the story is to get the fucking Chantilly cream sheet cake at Trader Joe's mm, tomorrow. Do it, Holy guys! Holy God, has anybody had this thing? Be still, my heart. No. And the vegan um, buffalo dip is a revelation. There's so much flavor in that weird, weird little vegan buffalo dip. Anyway, I'm so hungry. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell if I'm hungry because I just start 
naming foods off. Uh, it's name time, babies. It's name time. It's name time. <laughs> There's some great ones too. A little shorty sweetie list again, but uh, we got big ugly West Virginia. <laughs> Big ugly West Virginia. Big ugly West Virginia. That's so funny because West Virginia is gorgeous. It is. It's very beautiful. But uh, this part of it, apparently, it's it also sounds like a like a child's um, what's the word? Insult. Yes. Yeah. Get out of here, big ugly. <laughs> big ugly West Virginia. Um. Aw, somebody has an orthopedic vet who fixed their cat's broken leg, and the name was Dr. Stubbs. Oh, <laughs> he understands. Wasn't Myrtle our, our childhood neighbor? Wasn't her last name Stubb? Myrtle Stubbs? Yeah, it was. Myrtle Stubbs. Myrtle Stubbs. Myrtle Stubbs, which is a great name. Yeah. Now that you've brought it up. Um, Southern Friends. Somebody has some Southern Friends. Dick Hanberry. <laughs> <laughs> this next one is so Southern. Pink persons. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they really. I need more southern names. I need yes, our southern listeners to please, please specifically South Carolina, uh-huh. like that please. that kind of southerns. Mm-hmm. I need some Delorcases. Yes. I need some pink persons. Pink and it's spelled um, P-I-N-K. And, yeah, pink god. persons and lemon shell McWerther. Oh, that is some South Carolina mm, shit right there. My goodness. Say it oh, again. McWhorter. McWhorter. Lemon shell. M- lem- all one word. Lemon shell. McWhorter. I'm speechless. Like, yeah. I need it. Yep. If you're watching Southern Charm on uh, Bravo, there's definitely going to be a lemon shell McWhorter yes. up in those parties. 100%. Lemon Probably shell. a man lives with his mother. <laughs> <laughs> lemon shell. What was shell. that one guy? name on there that lived with his mom who had a female-ish name like Shelly Shelly Ashley I have no idea yeah yes like an Ashley yes it's always like an Ashley McWhorter Lemon Shell McWhorter and uh, (laughs) this made me laugh so hard (laughs) so funny (laughs) I recently started working at a law firm and one of our partner's last names is Mastro (laughs) Berte. <laughs> and they have no idea how it's pronounced, which made me laugh even harder. M A S T R O B E R T E. Mastro Berte. <laughs> it's like when you're you're all alone and you're feeling fancy. Exactly. Fancy alone time night. <laughs> Were you masturbating? No, I was Mastro Berte. <laughs> No, no. Can't you hear the? Can't you hear the accordion music playing in the background? (laughs) Can't you see my Chianti (laughs) bottles with the candles burning the wax down on the sides? I was Mastro (laughs) Berting. Oh shit! No idea how it's pronounced. I just love that. Oh my god! Somebody our dear listener is working with. If you figure out how the last name is pronounced, let us know. (laughs) Astro (laughs) Berte. Thank you for that. I always like such a treat. (laughs) 
such a treat <laughs> and it's time you know this week exactly <laughs> lots of ups and downs had some happy moments and some really down 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 moments and that came at a down 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 moment mm-hmm. <laughs> i just hope i can go <laughs> lol like legitimately lol so thank you oh, shit. also uh just a reminder that if you're feeling super down you might just need to take a fucking nap because mm-hmm. i did today and i was really low this morning and then i took a nap and i feel i felt 70 percent better not that naps and jogs fix problems sometimes you need medication sometimes you need to fucking vote for a different you know whole new government Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but also try napping right try napping yes or bike riding right those things help me a lot yeah i'm at that point where i I was saying earlier to courtney that i I might i might need i might need to be checking in with my doctor and up in the old lexapro yeah (laughs) for a while the dial a tiny Mm -hmm. bit i don't think that's the worst idea you know i I have it's always been my um go-to to to just like push through yeah and it'll get better and it'll be fine i can handle it Mm -hmm. and then i was like why though like Mm -hmm. has the years of therapy that i've just gone through and like yeah if it's not taught me anything it's that sometimes you have to take a stop and think no how can i actually just get through this hard time um and i don't want to make it go away or erase it but i also can focus better and help more if i'm not full of anxiety right also those cortisol levels do not need to be that high that is so dangerous and that's what i start to feel yeah you know i'm like feeling like okay this is low grade persistent and then also when i start to sort of realize there's a difference between like disassociating and like derealizing and depersonalizing i think mm-hmm. in the past i've said that when i have panic attacks i disassociate but it's actually derealization is what i'm experiencing but i i have also noticed there's a lesser grade of it that is like definitely sort of a disassociation where i'm not fully in that like horrible black and white flattened out mm-hmm. sort of mode um but yeah i've been doing a lot of that lately and i'm like okay yeah this is this is not good this means that my body is in stressed out mode i'm in a little bit of fight or flight here and so yeah yeah, take care of those lizard brains definitely yeah feed them what they need sleep lexapro Mm -hmm. don't really try to avoid the alcohol Mm -hmm. that's it's not gonna help Mm -hmm. you she's not your friend right now no yeah, you know, lots and, of deep breaths, just taking in what's yep. your surroundings right now. Are you safe? What do you feel? Mm. What do you see? Yep. And yep. then also um, put on really fucking intense music. That really helps me a lot. <laughs> Drive around. <laughs> yes. You know what else helps is writing stories about family annihilators. It's, uh, well, it's been a really it's nice like I distraction. Said the Yes, I cannot stress it enough, you guys. I cannot stress it enough. I mean, we need to stay fucking focused and activated and active and communicating. Mm -hmm. But part of like keeping your cortisol levels down is going to be that self-care bullshit. And uh, for people like us, it that requires distraction. I can't sit in a bubble bath. That's just going to make me think about it more. So find that activity that helps you um, feel better. Yeah. Yeah, just that I'm hearing a lot of the, that this is the long haul. This isn't going to be, you know, we have yep. to be prepared to fight this fight for a while, a long while. So not burning out. Yeah. Yep. yep. And it's always the darkest before the dawn. We recorded our Patreon <laughs> episode earlier and I was screaming that at our, patr- our patrons, but I'm going to scream it at you now. It is always the darkest before the dawn. Yep. 
Gen Z. Gen Alpha. They're coming. Gen X, honestly, is pretty fucking cool. So I mean, cool. we're kind of shitty, but also pretty cool. Millennials, very cool. It, we're so close, you guys. We are so close. I could taste it. We just have to not let it slip away. That's right. Yep. I, anyway. That's the one thing. I look at my kids every day, and I think yep. if I can get them to adulthood. <laughs> the kids like, are all right. The kids are all right. They will. Yes. I think yep. that having Gen X millennial gen z parents is going to create an incredible generation coming yeah sandy and i were talking about it earlier oh go fucking figure that people who are raised by deeply deeply traumatized individuals are making poor choices for Mm -hmm. their communities and people who are raised by slightly less traumatized people are making much better choices for their communities so we're so close. We're so, so close. close. We just got a little America. Right. Got to hang on, guys. <laughs> yes, and boom, booms. Just calm down. My God, what do you like? Yeah, this is it for you. Just wait. <laughs> go to the pool or something. Oh, go to the uh, whatever no. you do. Go to the fucking golf club cart center. <laughs> right, golf club course cart center course. <laughs> go to it. Go to it. Chill. So out. relaxing. Yes. You don't need to control other people's bodily autonomy. No. You can just go to the golf course cart center. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we'll get there. You know. Anyway. Anyway. Hey. In the meantime. Um, <laughs> thank you guys who support us. I keep saying, well, I forgot to raise up our prices. So quick, curry, before I remember. Yeah, I know. I thought about that today. Yeah. Quick. Whatever. We're going to raise our prices next week. <laughs> Courtney and I, if you haven't noticed, we just, I mean, we care about money because we need it to live, but like, it's just not high on the priority list. Yeah. I would rather pay money to not have to think about money. I know. Right. Or like have to deal with the inner workings of Patreon. (laughs) Oh my God. So one of these days we do plan to up our prices. So be prepared at some point. Yeah. Um, So thank you so much to Maureen, you dash R. Maureen, you are the best. You are nothing but the best. All the rest wants to be Maureen, and so they put themselves to the test, and they <laughs> will never rest until it. The they try to rest, like W R E S T. The t- title for Maureen, but they cannot do it because she cannot be seen because she's so high up above the rest that they will not be able to rest the title for Maureen. (laughs) I hope I used the word rest correctly. One second. Let me just do a little rest. Forcibly pull something from someone's grasp. Yeah! Yay! <laughs> you did it. Woo! John Marine, they will not rest. The rest will not rest it from your grasp. The title of best. Hey, I better than the rest. Do we have I don't think we have had any uh Hawaii patrons. Holy right? Fucking I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Thank you so much to our first Hawaiian patron, Christine T. Christine time, Christine time. Everybody is on Christine time. When it's time to turn your clocks back 
Everybody's interested in doing it because it means it can be on Christine time. It means that the sun is always shining when you want it to be. <laughs> and you never feel sad when you wake up and it's dark because it's never dark on Christine time. <laughs> Your kids aren't cranky. They do want to go to bed when they're supposed to. <laughs> you don't feel like it's really, really late and it's not because you're on Christine time. God, I want to be on Christine time. The best time. Yeah, we should just pr- pose it to the United States government that we just all be on CTT. C- C- T- <laughs> right? Christine time. Christine time t- today. today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it a CTT or CTT? Yeah, yeah it's all uh-huh. Christine time, bitch. <laughs> we don't have to fucking deal this shit anymore. Today, tomorrow. Yes. The next day. <laughs> C-T-T-T. T- Christine, time today, tomorrow. Timeless time. Uh, it's timeless time. <laughs> Thank you so much to Tara F. From Portland. Terrifying hey, Portland. me. <laughs> terrifying me with their beauty and their grace and her body in space because she has awareness of where she is and how she moves and how she moves me i am terrified by the feelings inside (laughs) yes it's terrifying what they be in her presence (laughs) because it's so powerful get what i'm saying yes no you're doing really good tonight (laughs) thanks i didn't think i was gonna I did. It was. Yes. I'm telling you. Or the Trader Joe's Chantilly cream cheek cake. <laughs> Thank you so much to Jill Bari S. Jill Bari. Do not tarry. Do not worry. It is Jill Bari. Do you know what you're up against now? Jill Bari is going to show you how. Yes. Jill Bari. To Mari, not today. <laughs> to Mari, Jill Bari will find a way to bring you there and everywhere is Jill Bari's modus operandi. <laughs> I love you, Jill Bari. Yes. Which is a fucking incredible name. So, so amazing. You know? Uh, last but not least, Woo! thank you so much to. Our UK sister, and I say that because her name is Sarah D, which just so happens to be our very best friend's name. We call Mm her SD, Sarah D. SD. Yep. So listen, if you're like our SD, you are fucking brilliant, hilarious, unstoppable, fucks given none, Mm -hmm. zero. Hardest worker you'll ever meet. I mean, legitimately the hardest worker you'll ever meet. Gorgeous hair, Mm -hmm. beautiful skin. Yeah, I mean, the whole fucking thing, Mm -hmm. but specifically like magnificent hair, magnificent skin, and uh, fucking, yeah, just badass. Funniest person you'll ever meet legitimately and also a force of nature a yeah yes like get the fuck out of here yep brilliant everything yeah so welcome sd welcome sd2 or sd also not two (laughs) because i don't want to put you under our sd but sd also yes 
Yep. You are in good company. You're the best. You guys are the best. You're the best. So the <sighs> much the best. Yep. And we are here for you. We will continue yep. to be here for you. That will never change. You just let us know. How can we help you? What's going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. And if you get that Chantilly sheet cake, uh, let me know <laughs> how you like it. If you want a coleslaw recipe, also let me know. Yeah. That's all <laughs> I got. Do you want to put the coleslaw got. dressing on the cake? No. No, I think you should put it on the burger, though. I'm going, oh, that 100%. Yeah. Yes. Col- I every every time you have a sandwich, you should just put coleslaw on it. It's all I've been I, wanting lately. I don't know why. It's so good. My friend in town makes pupusas, and if you've never had a pupusa, it's like masa with shit and some delicious mm-hmm. stuff in the middle, I'm and then so hungry. coleslaw, and then this <laughs> amazing hot sauce. Oh, <gasps> all foods max coleslaw. Anyway. In the meantime, or whatever, if you need a distraction, come find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can send us an email at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, you can. Uh, Please rate, review, subscribe. We continue to be getting lots more not great reviews. Yeah. So if you like us, let us know. Yeah, we would really appreciate that. That would be super keen. Fuck and yeah. thank you, AJ Bergans, for your music. Thank you so much. By the way, his kids just get cuter every day. I just got to really say, do. they are so cute. It's really going to break my heart when I have to sue them, depose them. No, yeah, yeah, but they've asked for it by being adorable and perfect. Yeah, in every it's really way. kind of feeling my fire a little bit more. I'm like, we get that like feeling that you're so cute. I'm gonna sue mm-hmm. you. you no know, way, we're suing them. So they're stealing our thunder. Yeah, <laughs> they're too cute, and we aren't as cute next to them. Yeah, we're that vindictive. <laughs> Suing twin toddlers, yeah, almost two year olds. <laughs> Can't care about anybody else being cuter than us. Uh-uh. You know, that's not really a thing that we're concerned about until it's our toddler niece and nephew. <laughs> <laughs> um. And remember, it's always darkest before the down, babies. Get out yep. and vote, 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 vote. Or even better, go run for office. Yeah, run for office, 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 <laughs> yes. office, office. Run for office. Yes. I know. I was like, I'm going to join the library board so they don't ban all my books. And I'm going to join the... Anything. Yeah, yes. Whatever you Anything. Think you can do to... Have a conversation with your neighbor at whatever. All of it. Do it. We can do this. We love you. Yes, we do. We'll see you next time. We'll see you really soon. Don't even worry about it. Love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.